Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. My name is Chris and with me we have no Mark and we have no Emma. Uh, so for our first appearance of the season we've got the lovely Laura. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Good. Right, we've got a busy week in football land this week so we'll start off first of all, we'll talk about um, Newcastle Stoke chronologically. So Stoke beat Newcastle 1-0, Peter Crouch with a lovely header. Uh, Newcastle managed just one shot on target and they've got three points from the first six games and only 19 since Boxing Day. Alan Pardew is safe for the moment, but um, they can't they can't carry on like this for too much longer, can they? Um, it depends whether Mike Ashley ever wants to get rid of him. Well, Mike Ashley's just, he's just up to his um, Rangers shares today, isn't he, Mike Ashley? He did, yeah. I saw that on one of the um, business magazines. Ooh, did you? <laughs> Look at me with my fancy bachelor's degree. Um, now, um, there's a football finance magazine that um, sort of pops up on my timeline on the, on Twitter, and it was saying that he dumped his shares. <clears throat> hipster. <clears throat> so not a hipster. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you can, this is the thing, isn't it, where... People are under the impression that Mike Ashley is happy with Pardew so long as there is absolutely no chance of relegation. But the way they're playing, there is, isn't there? Uh, there is this season, yeah. I mean, it comes down to what Mike Ashley's expectations are. And if that's all he wants is just to Newcastle to stay and draw their TV wages, then then they do that year in, year out, don't they? So yeah, they're hitting his business model. Well, the, um, the Sack Pardew banners were there, uh, and the Sack Pardew website. I was I was on the Sack Pardew website today, actually. Mm. Um, and you can imagine they're quite vociferous in wanting rid of him, and you could hear the chants. And poor Pardew had to walk towards the um, the away fans as he was walking down the tunnel. Um, they can only Mike Ashley can only ignore people pressure for so long, can he? It's his business at the end of the day. Isn't well, it, it is, isn't it? I mean, the Newcastle United belong to him, not the Newcastle fans. Yeah, I know. Well, most most fans would say it's our club. It's not his club. He's just a custodian, etc., etc. Well, and I do agree with that to some extent. But fans don't put the sizable chunks of money in that Mike Ashley does. So no, I mean, TV money tends to pay the players' wages, and these days, don't they, rather than um, tickets. Mm. Well, yeah, exactly. So they're kind of stuck with him for the moment. Yeah. I mean, I was re- I was reading, um, there was a Guardian article either yesterday or today about Pardew's getting a rough deal, um, saying that he'd lost sort of Loic Remy and Caballé, um, 
because they wanted to leave, really. So he was sort of stuck without his best two players. So, um, well, Remy was alone, wasn't he? He was alone, but he's, he, the games that he played in, he scored the majority of goals, didn't he? So yeah. they took the most amount of points while he was playing, which when you lose a player like that, you've suddenly got this big gaping hole where you're not scoring any goals. Mm. And they're proving that at the moment. They are, they've proved it very well, aren't they? Mm. Uh, well, the PA announcer at Stoke had a rather fantastic sense of irony as the game finished and uh, Pardew walked down towards the tunnel in front of the baying Geordies. He played uh, Farrell Williams is happy, <laughs> <laughs> which was brilliant. <laughs> well, you've got to have some black humour in there, haven't you? Well, you have, yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Can you imagine him tapping along as he's walking down the touchline? I don't imagine Mike Ashley tapping his feet to anything, really. No. Maybe a come on Eileen. You think? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think you could, yeah, you could imagine him as an uncle at a wedding, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, Uncle Nobhead. Uncle Nobhead, with his dad dancing. Yeah. Um, Tuesday was the Champions League. Now, it was indeed. It was indeed, yeah. Uh, we had Manchester City versus Roma. Now, Francesco Totti. With all- Still love him. Uh, well, I kind of do and I kind of don't because he's not, you know, he's still the guy that's spat in someone's face, isn't he? Well, he is, yeah. But he does have a good he's, celebration. He's that sort of one club man. He's devoted his life to to one club, and you got to love him for that. Well, yeah, you have. I like his thumb sucking celebration. He's now the oldest scorer in the Champions League. Yes, thirty eight. Did you know who he ever took? Who ever took? Give us a clue. Uh, plays for an English club. Like shagging. <laughs> that narrows it down. <laughs> <laughs> Rather too close to home, you like to shagging. What, in an incesty kind of way? Yeah. Really? Come on. Oh, um, Ryan Giggs. There you go. Hmm. Yeah, uh, he overtook Ryan Giggs' scoring record. So at 38, he's now the highest, or the, the oldest goal scorer. They're not a bad team, are they, Roma? I mean, if you look at yeah, them... They're decent, yeah. I think it was kind of an inspired signing to get um, Ashley Cole because he's certainly not past his entire best yet. No, Mike on the other side did very well. Um, yeah. And then, of course, they got Pjanic. I don't think Pjanic had a great game, but then that was a team that didn't have De Rossi in either. And Javinho yeah. was all right as well. I thought Javinho uh, played really well, actually. Yeah. He sort of bossed it down that left-hand side, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did. Pellegrini was very insightful. He said, whether we qualify or not depends on how we play the next games. Well, they are quite... (laughs) (laughs) Stating the obvious. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's not really like to that, is he? He's he's sort of nailed it, isn't he? Well, they have... Are they dependent on other teams? Because... Well, I think they've only just... It's only the one game they've lost, of course. And I suppose next game they're away at C. I mean, the next game they're away at CSKA. Yeah. Which won't be good. No. Um, Bayern Munich won one nil there. But they've not got any points yet, have they? No. And also we get to find out what kind of uh, how full the stadium is that they were playing because uh, the, the the ground might be closed as it was. Well, the fans uh, were banned, weren't they, for the Bayern game? They were, and they think they might be banned again. Did they not give a time limit for? How many matches? No, I think they find out tomorrow. Ah, okay. Which is rather inconvenient for this podcast, I thought. 
<laughs> yes, they should make all their announcements <laughs> on Wednesday evening. <laughs> yeah. Or by Thursday lunchtime when I put all this stuff together. Indeed. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought a draw was probably a fair result in the end. Yeah, I, ca- I can't think of sort of uh, either team standing above the other. Um I mean, Mycon gave away that foul. It was a penalty, wasn't it? I mean, I thought it he was lucky to stay in the pitch, to be honest. He was, because he was last man. Mm. And if the ref's sort of deeming that as a goal-scoring opportunity, then it's got to be a red, a red, especially if he's given a pen. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tuesday night was also Chelsea... Beat Sporting Lisbon one 0 a nanny included Sporting Lisbon. Indeed, yeah. Yeah, that was a. I mean, they missed a hatful of chances. Chelsea did. The guy I worked with is a Chelsea fan. Was a bit disappointed to be honest. They did miss a load. Shirley missed a couple of beauties. He hit them really sweetly, and they just sort of went wide of the goal. And, mm. and Oscar did a, a. I think he went one on one with uh, Patricio. Um, and just sort of kicked it into him yeah um, and Diego Costa made, uh, missed a couple as well I think so yeah they had plenty of chances yeah well they say Costa's going to play for Spain don't they They don't really. Chelsea don't really want him to but they, um, Spain think he's going to play for them well on his form he actually deserves deserves it yeah he's, uh, I'm, I am surprised how quickly he sort of settled into uh Premier League football, he does seem to be made for it. He's got that sort of strong, robust kind of um, presence on the pitch. Mm. Yeah, he's very um, physical, isn't he? He's very physical, and that sort of suits English football. Yeah. He made so many runs on Tuesday night, it was unbelievable. Yeah, he's a good worker as well, isn't he? Yeah, he just never stopped. No, I do quite like him. I like a bad one. <laughs> you do, don't you? Yeah. You do like a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, that we all... Um, last night, well, we'll start with the good news last night. Arsenal 4, Galatasaray 1, uh, Danny Welbeck's first ever hat-trick. I mean, there were good goals. There were, there were a couple of one-on-ones, which people always expect the striker to score a one-on-one, but it's a sort of a battle of wits, isn't it, against the keeper? Uh, I watch championship football, so one-on-ones never happen. <laughs> they never seem to happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. But So, yeah, he took his goals very well. Chesney was sent off. He's now the most sent-off player in the last three years of um, the Champions League, Chesney. Well done. Yeah, well, yeah a little honour there for him. <laughs> well done, Chesney. You get a man on the post fridge magnet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but it played very well, I thought. I didn't see it. I can't honestly give a comment about it. It's, um, it would be unfair of me to say how well they did or didn't play. No. Um, but he... I mean, Wenger said he was. Uh, he knew he was quick, but he was electric, was what Wenger said. And he was. He looked like he was in sort of in fast motion as everybody else was sort of trudging through sludge after him. He's playing in the right position yeah. for a start. He's not having to defer to another player. He's been given free reign. And the players that are playing <clears throat> in behind him and playing him in are world-class players that suit his style of play. I, I think he was an inspired signing, to be honest. Well, I, I know. I, I know. Wenger said, "Oh, I only wanted him on loan, and um, we didn't really want to buy him." But I, I think he's uh, 
he's bought himself a good in. I think he has. Given the confidence of the main man, then, you know, he could be the guy. Mm. Well, from here to zero, then Balotelli and Liverpool lost 1-0 at Barza. I watched this. This was awful. I just knew from about the 20th minute that it just wasn't going to happen. It was one of those evenings I've seen Liverpool have so often with uh, in, either in the UEFA Cup or in the Champions League past. And Sunison, Carragher and Gary Neville criticised Balotelli afterwards. Um, Brendan Rodgers defended him a little bit, saying he worked hard but needed to do more. Though Balotelli didn't have one touch inside the Basel box all match. The entire game? The entire game. Not one touch. So he's either not getting the service, which means he can't run into the box to pick up the crosses, or he's dropping back and tackling. Uh, and maybe pressing a little bit more. So, to be said, there's, there's things to be said there, I suppose. There is, but to, ha- to not have any touches, <laughs> that means that you're not working very hard at it. <laughs> no, that's also true. And it was because a- you, you would touch the ball every now and again, even if it was inadvertently bouncing off you, if you were in the uh, in the right half. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Basel didn't look a fantastic team. I know they beat Manchester United and Chelsea there last year, but... They didn't look like they were world beaters there by any stretch of the imagination. The, the goal Liverpool gave away was from a set-piece. Skirtle heads the ball down onto Lovren, who then lost his man for the rebound. And it was all really, really amateurish. Mm. Sterling had a couple of chances through on goal and just fluffed his final touch before shooting. And Gerard said that some of the players looked like they didn't want it as much as Basel, which is pretty appalling, really. It is to say how... Um affected Liverpool were about getting into the Champions League they they seemed to want it more than all all the other clubs put together there there was this we're back where we're where we belong sort of attitude about them so if they really didn't show up last night then then that's kind of their own fault isn't it is that the players fault or the manager's fault I suppose it depends how Rodgers has prepared them for the game Mm. but I can't imagine that he's not so you put the effort in he must give out a strategy and then send them out onto the pitch and then it's down to them to actually turn up and play yeah no I think you're probably right <clears throat> elsewhere in the Champions League then we had Barcelona oh, Paris Saint-Germain 3 Barcelona 2 and this was a Zlatanless Paris Saint-Germain as well yeah, he was uh, sat in the stand with all the other celebrities weren't he yeah um David Beckham was there, wasn't he, with uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Xavi made his 143rd appearance in the Champions League, which is a record. That's the... quite impressive. It's very impressive, isn't it? So Messi scored as well, uh, and we'll come on to another record again in a second. So Messi scored, and then if we go to another fairly surprising game, uh, Ludogrets. They took the lead against Real Madrid. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo then missed the penalty before scoring one, and then Karim Benzema got the winner. Now... Raul is the all-time Champions League goal scorer with 70 goals. Mm. Uh, 71 goals, sorry. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo is now behind him on 70. And Paul Leo Messi is bringing up the rear on 68. <laughs> Not that far behind, is he? No. Well, Raul got his in 144 games. Cristiano Ronaldo has now got to his goal. Is now got a goal behind on 109. And Messi has got to. His 68 goals on 88 games. So they're all phenomenal statistics. It's just, I can't quite get my head around how Messi and Ronaldo are just scoring this many. Just, it's not like they're playing weak teams when they're doing it. It's no. just, 
they're just unbelievable players. Just it's it's stunning. Well, the interesting it's thing is, if you stunning. if you look at how Ronaldo's career has progressed, um, and look at how Rooney's career has progressed, they both broke through at the same time. Both played for Manchester United. You can argue that one has certainly made the most of his career, and I don't think the other one has at all. Do you think that's to do with Ronaldo moving, though? No, because the season before he left, he scored 40-odd goals for United, didn't he? I think he's just got that hunger a whole lot more than uh, Rooney has. Mm. I was having a discussion with somebody the other day about Fabregas in the same sort of way, in that he seems to be the complete package now that he's come back into English football. It's like he's gone away and learnt a different way to play. Mm. But but used his using his knowledge of English football and, and coming back he he's become the complete package. And the same sort of can be said for Ronaldo in that he's he's got the experience of playing in these different leagues and, and learning from from the best. Mm. Um whereas English players just don't do that. They don't go go abroad and and experience these different ways to play and they don't they don't learn anything other than the English way of playing. And maybe that's why we're stagnating as a league and stagnating as a as an international side as well. Yeah, possibly. Although if you consider the number of home-based players that were in the German team, and a lot of those were Bayern Munich-based as well. But I know exactly what you mean. I mean, But the thing is, I think with Ronaldo as well, I mean, I've, you would struggle to find a more physically fit footballer. Oh, he's 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 amazingly fit, mm. and he's just got this absolute will. To he win. spends most of his time in front of the mirror. <laughs> just see it now, can't you? Just Freeling. looking at his abs and yeah, covering himself in Saint Tropez. Yeah, tough, tough life. Well, we'll hear the yin and yang. Then we go down to the championship from the championship. <laughs> Uh, it was a big week this week. Fulham won four 0 didn't they? Their um, Kit Simon seems to be doing the business there, doesn't he? Yeah, he's doing all right. Um, man, mind you, they've got rid of uh, Felix, haven't they? Yeah. In his cheese-loving ways. Yeah. They must have thought they were on to winner, though. To be fair, I mean, he never got a Bundesliga team relegated, so they must have thought he could do wonders with them. Yeah, but they must have heard the stories about how nuts he was. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Is it Lewis Lewis Holtby who played in? Did he? He played in Germany, didn't he? Yes, he did. Under Under McGath, yeah. he must have thought, "Shit!" <laughs> when he turned up. My favourite McGath story is when he makes his players do laps, and while he's doing the laps, he pours the um, water from the drinks cartons away. Yeah. <laughs> what a sod. He's probably psycho. <laughs> where you actually look at the list of things that he did. Hmm. I mean, I know how Wilkinson used to be fairly bad, where he, on the day of a match, he used to take the Sheffield Wednesday team out on like a 10-mile run, like a, a, a an army course, and then they'd have to go and play play a match. Really? I thought that was sadistic enough, but <laughs> this just seems really sort of Bond-esque. It does, doesn't it? Well, genius kind of <laughs> tactics. <laughs> Well, Norwich lost to Charlton, didn't they? So Norwich top of the league uh, on 20 points, separated on goal difference uh, by Forrest, who drew away to Wigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and Watford are third as well, aren't they? So they're also on 20 points. Yeah, there's not much between the 
top six. No, well, Derby won 2 0, didn't they, at Bournemouth? So they're fourth, only a point behind. Yeah. Um, and your lot drew with Ipswich, who were our fifth. Indeed. Your lot being Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. Yes. You haven't too bad this season, have you? Every time I watch you in the Football League show, you seem to have won. I know. I'm not used to it. Yeah. So you're expecting it's, something. It's, it's a whole new experience for me. Yeah. Being there. <clears throat> In this high up the league, it's it's giving us all nosebleed. Uh, I can imagine. I can imagine being a QPR fan. I don't really experience that. Then. <laughs> we haven't felt. I've had a nosebleed for a long Do time. You just drop out of a league and then get promoted and then drop out again. Well, I'm looking forward to when we get relegated down to the conference. I'm. I want to play Championship Manager next year as that QPR. <laughs> you think that's likely? Um. Well, well, yeah. I think it's likely we're going to get relegated. <laughs> yeah. It's when all the money disappears. Yeah. Well, Tony Fernandez also owns Caterham, who called, who had the uh, Bayless at their place this week. Oh, they knocked on the door, did they? They did. Although apparently that was due to a supplier, not them, even though they had to lay off staff this year. So. Well, you are ploughing all this money into a new stadium slash <laughs> shopping complex. Slash enormous white elephant. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, on Cheerian notes, England have announced their squad um, for the forthcoming matches against Estonia and San Marino. Nathaniel Klein has been included. Yeah, that was a strange inclusion. Yeah, but for I mean, I'm going to close my eyes and thump a shot from 40 yards against Arsenal. Might <laughs> get me in. And then recall for John Joe Shelby. Yeah, Nosferatu. Who? <laughs> we never seen the old Dracula, Nosferatu. You know, the old sort of film where he creeps up the stairs and he's got like... Oh, yes. He just looks like John Joe Shelby. Uh, yes, he does. Google it and have a look. I will, I will. <laughs> no, I was thinking of um, Gary Oldman when you said Dracula. Oh, God, how young are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I quite like John Joe Shelby. I think he's a pretty decent player. I'm, whether I have him in there against some of the other names, because Delph's been... Uh, is that thing. just a Liverpool bias, though? John Joe Shelby? No, I liked him when he was at Charlton. I was really quite pleased when um, Liverpool signed him, to be honest with you. He never did anything for you, though, did he? Uh, he, he gave a toss, which is... <laughs> it's always a start. It's more than Balotelli has so Well, far. exactly. I mean, in a team, the Liverpool team which he was playing at the time, he was one of the few players to give a toss. You know what you're going to get from him, don't you? You're going to get... A lot of effort, a lot of huff and puff, but he's he's not a bad player. I think he's very much maligned, and I think if he didn't look like how he looked, I think um, I don't think he'd get the press he did. Well, the thing is that he doesn't necessarily have to be the best, best players playing for England. I think we need to think about the fact of, can we build a team, and does he slot in into this English, England team? Mm. You've got to give him a try to to know that offhand, haven't you? So, um, oh, cool. Yeah, let's see how he plays. Well, the other midfielders are Fabian Delft, Jordan Henderson, Adam Lallana, James Milden, uh, Milner, uh, Oxlade Chamberlain, Raheem Sterling, Andros Townsend, and Jack Wilshere. Now they've only put three strikers, so you would suggest that somebody like Wilshere, uh, Wilshere, uh, Sterling might um, play up there with one of the strikers as well. I think that's more than likely, yeah. They'll shove him a bit further forward, won't they? Yeah, you'd probably have a front three of Welbeck, Sterling and Rooney. Mm. Welbeck pushed out wide where he went to score. <laughs> Going back to what we said earlier on. <laughs> yeah, 
put him on a wing. Yeah. See what he does. Exactly. Wayne Rooney's the captain, leader, legend, so... Well, it's it's the same Man U problem over and over again. Well, it is, isn't it? No one's got the balls <laughs> to drop him. Yeah. But Captain useless. Captain, yeah. But the side would be a lot more balanced, wouldn't it, if you had um, Welbeck through the middle and then you had Sterling one side and maybe someone like um, Chamberlain the other side. I agree. But he's become utterly undroppable now. He has, hasn't he? Well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? He just doesn't play for a game, and then... Can you not play your captain, though? Once you've picked somebody to be captain, you kind of want them on the field to be your voice, the manager's voice on the on the pitch. He was, he was the wrong choice in the first place. I'm not sure who else they would have picked. Mm. I think he just got picked because he was the oldest. Yeah, no, there. I agree with you. Mike Brearley dropped himself over um, the cricket. Slightly different. <laughs> it is a little bit different, but no, I don't think you should be an automatic pick if you're if you're. Um, no, I agree, but it makes it that much more difficult. Oh, it does because it makes it look makes you look stupid for picking him well, in the first does. place. Yeah, exactly. Hodge. It would be Hodgson admitting that he was wrong about it. Yeah, and he's not going to do that. No, I understand. Um, in other news, Ronaldinho. I remember him. Vaguely. Vaguely, he's playing in Mexico at the moment. Oh, is that where he is now? Yeah. he. Um, I thought he'd have been out into this new Indian league that they've set up. No, he might be there. He'd probably end up there at some some point. He won't be able to get in a team because Michael Chopra's out there. <laughs> it's looking like the 70s um, MLS out there. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It would be good fun. I hope it's, it's like on TV. And uh, who else? Perez. Perez, Bobby Perez is out there, yeah. Cannavaro. Has he gone out there as well? I didn't know that. I'm sure he is. And I'm sure there's one or two others. Del Piero, I think, has gone out there as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking really reminiscent of uh, when the Americans were doing it. I did have to have a bit of a giggle the other day. It'd be good fun. It was on telly, you'd watch it, wouldn't you? Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it would be good. <laughs> well, Ronaldinho, anyway, was playing uh, during a match and a fan ran onto the pitch and uh, refused to... Um, Refused to leave the pitch until Ronaldinho signed his Brazil shirt. The referee actually had to stop uh, proceedings for Ronaldinho to sign the shirt and uh, the supporter toddled off the pitch. That's brave of him. Yeah, it was a young lad. Imagine someone our age doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it might get a slightly different reaction. Yeah. Well, there was one uh, in our 7-0 drubbing against Man City um, last week and a guy ran onto the pitch and took a... A selfie of him and uh, and Frank Lampard together. Did he? On the pitch, yeah. Was Frank happy to pose? Oh, well, he did it. Did he? I suppose there's not much much he can do when the guy stood there with his iPhone in his face. Well, I suppose not. Before he gets dragged off by some uh, steward. I saw a great pitch invasion once. It was Chelsea versus Tottenham uh, that involved mm. Frank Lampard. And um, the guy ran onto the pitch and he's obviously wanted to have a go at Lampard because he just scored the winner in the last minute or something like that. And he worked his way, ran onto the pitch, ran through all the players, got to Frank Lampard, and he must have thought, oh, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> so he went to give him some kind of girly slap, at which point he got bundled to the ground. <laughs> I don't think okay. I don't think he was actually expecting it to make it as far as he did. <laughs> you, just, you have to make it up as you go along. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Was, the guy got prosecuted, didn't he, earlier in the season at West Ham for running on and kicking the ball. 
He did. Well, in a former life, I used to work in recruitment and I um, interviewed somebody and he'd circled yes for have you got any criminal convictions? Mm. And his criminal conviction was he was the first ever person in the Premier League era to be arrested for streaking on a football pitch. <laughs> did he put that on his CV? Well, he had to. Criminal conviction. Oh, OK. Yeah, and there was no getting out of it. It sounded like you were quite proud of that. I gave, well, <laughs> I gave him a job. <laughs> He didn't streak at work, did he? No, no, he was a good boy. Good. <laughs> Cambridge City have had to apologise as well after um, their teammates got into a fight. Andrew Phillips, who's one of their players, had to apologise for headbutting teammate Josh Beach, who's also sent off. They were fighting each other? They were fighting each other. The pair exchanged words when Phillips opted to shoot rather than pass, and the forward then made contact with Beach's head. I don't know if it's a headbutt or one of those things that footballers do when their heads touch. Okay. Yeah. Which, of course, follows in a long line of um, teammates fighting. Do you remember Graham Lasso and David Batty? I don't remember that, actually. No, it was in the Champions League in 1995 against um, Spartak Moscow. They had a big fight on the pitch. And then Kieran Dyer and Lee Bowyer at Newcastle. Oh, yeah. Remember that. That was brilliant. Fun. <laughs> that, that Newcastle team was just a nightmare. <laughs> it was. It was horrible, wasn't it? That was like Craig was Bellamy like... and... News story after news story of throwing things through kebab shop windows <laughs> and fighting with each other and rape allegations. It was just, oh, it was a horrendous team. Different times. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, now we come to the part of our podcast, which is the predictions section. What happens is, is uh, when Emma and Mark are here, um, we run through each of the forthcoming Premier League fixtures uh, and we decide whether it's going to be a win for a particular team or it's going to be a draw for a particular oh, well, a draw for both teams or a loss for a particular team. Each correct prediction you get right, you get one point. Um, Emma is currently in the lead with 15 correct predictions so far this season. I'm in second place with 14 and reigning champion Mark is at the moment third on 12. So with them not here this week, Laura, if you do the predictions, whatever you say, I'll put down for both of them. So feel free to... Um, <laughs> feel free. Act up whatever you want to do. Okay. All right. Yeah. I quite expect you to predict some kind of 8-0 trouncing for Villa against Man City. <laughs> I'm not very good at this game. I, I predicted a 2-1 win for Man City against us. 2-1? Yeah. Well, you were all right till half-time. Mm. Yeah, we, we held them to a draw. Yeah. In the first half. And then you won morally in the second half. <laughs> And then we just didn't turn up for the second. Well, that's quite good. You just thought, well, this is good enough for us, nil-nil. Yeah, exactly. We we just uh, said, that's it, we've done our bit now. Yeah. It's mm. not going to get any better than this. <laughs> like the guy in, um, who's in the Middle East or somewhere, he was um, uh, he was married to a beautiful wife, two fantastic children, great job, earned lots of money, thought life isn't going to get any better than this, so he killed himself. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. What a cheery story. <laughs> what a lovely anecdote. <laughs> He had a point, really, didn't he? It could only have all gone wrong from there. Not so great for his wife and kids. Well, no, perhaps not. Perhaps. Mm. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> that brings us nicely onto Hall Crystal Palace, <laughs> which may may well make you want to do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cheering yourself up, an evening, an afternoon with um, Neil Warnock and um, Steve Bruce. Have you seen the the parody Twitter account, Steve Bruce at weddings? 
<laughs> yeah, I saw a picture of him with Miss Piggy for some reason. Is that what that is? No, I, I don't know if it's that one, but he's photoshopped onto people's weddings. So he's either on the dance floor or he's part of the conga line or he's stood there holding some great big can or something like that. Oh, it's brilliant. I bet he'd be good at a wedding, actually. Sorry? I bet he'd be good at a wedding. I think him and Mike Ashley dancing. Him and Mike Ashley <laughs> being Uncle Nobhead on the dance floor in their beige loafers. It, oh, that would look good, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, how do you think this one's going to go? This is at the um, the Casey. Hull have not had the start to the season that I was expecting them to. They're um, they're sort of down there, aren't they? Mm. And they've got some great players. Who I'm just wondering if they're just settling in and starting to gel, and they they might come good. Well, yeah, they've um, they have bought a few players, and the, the players they bought were towards the end of the deadline day, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. So they needed some time to settle in. I think this might be a good chance for them to start getting some points on the board against Palace. Yeah, you're going to go for a Hull win, are you? Hull win, yeah. Seems as it's at home. I'm going to do the same. I think Hernandez has scored a couple. He's their record signing, isn't he? So you know, yeah. When things like that are going for you. Um, Leicester versus Burnley, two of the promoted sides. Now, Burnley are still looking for their first win, aren't they? Yeah. They've lost their way a little bit, but they had the they played all right against Chelsea in the first game, and then they had the draw against Manchester United. But they're kind it's of not, not difficult to do these days. Well, I know I say that as that's as if some kind of major feat or something, but <laughs> <laughs> you got to fancy for Leicester. Sorry. Sorry. Who is it? Burnley and Leicester, Leicester. versus Burnley. Yeah. Mm. You got to fancy Leicester, haven't you? I have, yeah. Because, um, is it Ujoa? Yeah. He's he's banging him in, isn't he? Just, yeah. It just, seems to have settled in quite well. Do so. yourself a favour. If Mark ever offers you any fantasy team tips, just ignore them, because he told me to pick Stephen Naismith ahead of Ujoa. Okay. <laughs> and that didn't work out very well for me. So I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for Leicester. Is it Leicester at home? They certainly are. Yeah, Leicester win then. All right, Liverpool. Oh no, Liverpool. Um, Liverpool versus West Brom. West Brom are on quite a bit of a run at the moment. They're at the tenth. They're doing all right. Yeah, I um, I sort of apologised to uh, West Brom fans, saying it was. I am sorry, you've got Alan Irvin. It's the worst football I've ever seen at Hillsborough, mm. and it still to this day is. Um. But they've had a couple of good results, haven't they? So well, there are there are whole four places ahead of Liverpool. They are, but only a point behind. So I don't think yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't think that counts for very much these days. No. Um, I don't know. Liverpool seem a bit shell shocked at the moment. They do, don't they? I don't know whether they're still recovering from their glorious failure of last season. Well, they could be. There's no storage, of course, and um, no Suarez. But then, I mean, Suarez wouldn't have been playing anyway because of his ban, but I think um, the, last, the loss of storage has certainly robbed them of some pace up front. Yeah. Um, I still think Liverpool will win this. Do you? Yeah. Mm, I'm going to go for a draw. Well, you never back Liverpool anyway. Well, I did earlier in the season and they lost. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and I did once last season, and they lost. 
No, I bat, I, I bat them to. It is. It's me. I bat them to beat Crystal Palace last season. Of course, that was at three all. Oh right. Okay. So I bat them twice, and they did lost or draw. So, Sunderland Stokes. I find these two teams really, really hard to predict. Yeah, they they kind of. You don't know which way they're going to go. Whether they're going to dig in deep, and it's just going to be like a boring nil niler. Hmm. This is actually at the stadium, like this is up in Sunderland. So Stoke have Stoke are doing all right at the moment. They're up in eleven. Crouch has scored a few. I've noticed over the last couple of couple of games. He has. He, um, I mean, he bullied his way over the top of Colacini for the uh, the goal on Monday. Yeah. He did very well, and he had a bit of um, argy bargy with Tim Krul and Mike Williamson. So he's he's in the mood for it, definitely. I like Crouch. I think he's. He's a good player. He's an intelligent player. For a tall bloke, you'd think headers are... He's just the target man. Mm. And he never has been that. He's always sort of thought intelligently, plays well in space, likes it at his feet. He's got good touch as well, hasn't he, for a he's tall bloke? a lovely touch, yeah. To say, you wouldn't think that he could control them legs. No. I mean, I remember Carlton Palmer when he used to play, and his <laughs> legs, he didn't know which direction they were going to go in when he started running. Um. <laughs> you kind of expect Crouch to be the same, and he's not. He's very controlled. No, he is. He's good, isn't he? Yeah. Um, what are you going to go for, then? I've said all wins so far, haven't I? But I do think Stoke might actually beat Sunderland. Do you? Away win. I'll put you down for Stoke. I really want Stoke to win, because I, Bo- I was very disappointed that Bojan was only on the bench on Monday. I was furious. And then he can't... Was there a reason for that? Well, I think he was because he was just... Dropped, I think. But all right, it's not had a knock or anything. No, my Sky subscription nearly went out the window. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go. For... A little hissy fit, did you? I did. Yeah, <laughs> stomped my little feet. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a draw. Okay. I think Sunderland. They've they've had a few draws, haven't they? Um, Swansea versus Newcastle. I think this is. Can you make a case for Newcastle? Swansea are fifth. Not against Swansea at the moment, because again they're another side that just they're just going in and doing the business quite quietly. They're not they're not doing anything flashy. They're just sort of getting points on the board. Mm. Well, I just if if Newcastle haven't got anything up front, which they just don't, they're not creating anything up front. It's hard to see how they how they gonna win, win anything well they started with um Rivera on monday yeah. who scored in the league cup and then he didn't really do an awful lot and cissé came on in the second half and he looked okay but not as good as he did against hall to get those two goals so i honestly think it's gonna be a swansea win is it at swansea it is yeah it's gonna be a swansea win unless something dramatic happens it could equally be dramatic if swansea win Really? Well, no, I'm just trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to spice this up. Yeah. <laughs> Aston Villa, Manchester City. Now, this could be quite spicy. Last year, um, they won, didn't they? Aston Villa. Do you remember this with the 3-2, where the great big ball at the top from Brad Guzan? Yeah. Joe Hart came stomping out the area and missed it. I mean, Villa are six. What's that all about? Uh, a fear of Roy Keane, quite possibly. <laughs> yeah, he's just... He's just like uh, Gerard Piquet. He's uh, the four four two. Have done an interview with him, and he says he still shits himself when he sees Roy Keane. 
which I think find really funny. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that might be a draw, actually. It could well be, couldn't it? I mean, Benteke reckons he might be back as well for this game. Oh, really? Mm. Okay. And it all depends whether they, um, whether Manchester City choose to play their heart or their willy. <laughs> what are they thinking with? I'm not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right, though. I think this could be a draw. A draw. Mm. Is that what you're going with? Indeed. Righty Um Sunday is the... Is the some funny kickoff times on Sunday. 12 o'clock, Manchester United versus Everton. I think it's on BT Sport, this one. You think... Imagine Lukaku against... Um, I mean, they've got sort of 10 or 11 players out. So you've got a back four. You've got Rojo, Blackheart might be coming back from suspension. Luke Shaw, who's been dropped to the under-21s for England. And then who else have you got defence? And you've got people like Lukaku up against them. Uh, Seamus Coleman running to that big full-back space behind, um, behind the midfield. I heard Mark talking on your show last week, though, and he said that Everton aren't defending particularly well. Uh, he did say that, yes. And this is at Old Trafford. Which, to say that they've got <laughs> quite a few England defenders. Well, they won there last season, didn't they? But no, Morales, though. Morales is injured. Mm, I'm going to go for United. Draw. You go for a draw, eh? Yeah. I'm going to go for United. Because I think no Rooney might play into um, their hands a little bit. Oh, that's true. He's, uh, he's banned, isn't he? Mm. You can have Van Persie and Falcao up front. Yeah, it might actually free them up to play a sensible formation. Where... Yeah, you could bring Matter in, couldn't you, for that? Mm. Yeah? Yeah, maybe you're right, actually. You're going to yeah, go for Yeah, Man U win, then. Man U win. Chelsea-Arsenal at 14.05 hours. That's going to be Chelsea all the way, isn't it? Chelsea. They just look so solid this season. Well, they've got the... Top scorer and the top top assist maker playing for them. And they're so far ahead in that, in how many goals they've scored as well. It just the goal difference of plus twelve at the minute. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And if City do slip up as we think, then the next day they could be um, quite buoyed by that, couldn't they? Mm. Uh, at the same time, you've got Tottenham kicking off against Southampton, the Pochettino derby. Yeah, nobody really saw that coming with Southampton after they. Sold all the players. It's a second Southampton. I know. Tottenham are eighth on eight points. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Southampton. So crazy it might just work. I think Southampton too because Spurs never seem to do that well after they've played in Europe. No, they don't, do they? No. It's, they always seem to be a bit jet-lagged when they come back. So, mm. uh, is it Zagreb uh, tonight, is it? Uh, yeah, they're winning 1-0. Oh, there you go. Where is it? At uh, White Hart Lane. Yeah, they were proper jet lag, then, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Mentally jet. Mentally jet lag. Oh right, yeah. okay, fine. Uh, West Ham QPR. This is the quarter past four kickoff. Uh, I'm going to go for West Ham. Uh, they were unlucky last week. Going to be a bit naughty. What? <laughs> You've got, you got all shaming on me. Naughty. Naughty, naughty, very naughty. Um. Ugh. West Ham are doing all right. Beat Liverpool, Ish. unlucky against United. Yeah. 
I've gone for yeah, West Ham win. West Ham win. There we go. All right. Well, that concludes our predictions. Uh, and it also concludes the end of our podcast for this week. Anything you'd like to mention or plug or any other business? No, just thank you for having me. Oh, that's very well. No, you did you did good. Thanks. <laughs> just said it was only me and you. We have waffled on for quite a bit. We have. We've done very well. I'm going to get told off by Ross, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so if you like very much what you're listening to, then um, you can download us from iTunes. Uh, you can leave a five-star review if you do really, really like us. Each five-star review will get a fridge magnet from Collins Warehouse. Uh, the guys will be back on Sunday as well to talk through the Premier League action we just predicted. And it's also coming up to the time of year for the Football Blogging Awards. Um, if you do like us and you really want to sort of make an impact on that, then we would really, really appreciate it if you could vote for Man of the Post under the Best Podcast category. Um, we, every vote we receive is uh, gratefully received. Thank you very much. And I think you're up for wanting to be nominated as well, aren't you, Laura? Yeah, third time lucky this year. Yeah? What's this, best lady? Best lady, yeah, according to Colin. <laughs> so you're in the best female category. That's what you're wanting to um, be put forward for. Uh, Well, that tends to be the one. Yeah. What with me having lady bits and being a lady. Yeah, all over. Mm. Okay, so yes, if you like us, then please vote for Man of the Post Best Podcast and uh, Laura as um, best lady blogger. Female. Female blogger. Excellent. Well, thank you ever so much for listening. If they want to follow you on Twitter, Laura, how do they do that? Uh, it's at Yeistor, which is Y-I-C-E-T-O-R. There we go. Uh, at Man on the Post is uh, the um, Twitter handle for Man on the Post. The website manonthepost.com has got uh, new articles on as well this week. They come through thick and fast at the moment, the new articles are. So um, make sure you, uh, you visit the site and uh, have a look at those. All that is uh, left me to say is thank you so much, Laura, and always remember to keep your man on the post. It is, honestly. <laughs> it's just <laughs> even the ass this is. Um, we're supposed to have Musa. You know Musa Okwonga, do you? Yeah. He was supposed to be on. Um, and he said the last week of September. So I was tweeting him and emailing him saying, are you sure you're okay and everything? Um, and I didn't get an answer. So I sent him a DM last night and it turns out he's been moving to Berlin. So he's obviously a little bit busy. Moving to Berlin? Yeah. Bloody hell. I know, I know. I don't know whether he's trying to get away from somebody or whether he's... <laughs> how, how many messages were you sending him? <laughs> You're just stalking him on that. It was. I think my brother had it at his wedding as well. Not as their first dance, but... We didn't have any dancing at mine. Did you not? No. We had um, a games evening at this pub we went to had sort of giant Jenga and giant Connect Four and table football and stuff so we did that instead <laughs> <laughs>
even any daft dancing at the end when you were a bit drunk? No dancing whatsoever. That's quite shameful. You've got to have a wedding disco. No. It's, it's the law. Is it? Well, yeah. I fought the law and I won. <laughs> that means you're not officially married. I'm like a father thing. <laughs> like the medieval flagellants. Did you hear the Sunday show of Man on the Post? I haven't listened to it yet. No, I've only just finished watch, uh, listening to last week's one of yours. Oh, Colin's reading out some of the nominations for the FBAs. Right. And he read out um, Best Lady. And I thought about the Lovely Ladies competition on Father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best Lady. Best Lady. <laughs> oh, God. The lovely lady is editing this, so um, be careful. (laughs) And now, walking. Look at them there, walking around. Look out there, Mary. Doesn't Mary have a lovely bottom? Careful there, Ted. That might offend the girls. Rightly. Of course, they all have lovely bottoms. You met me young Someone says I wish you hands See what John's visions to me And then I said visions You're a girl who understands I'm a man who must be free My breath and all at once won't scare you dead And all at once I own the earth and sky And now I met visions And will keep on meeting She will die Visions and I